This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, so I just wanted to jump on here real quick. This isn't like a full-length episode, and there's not actually an interview. Um, but just kind of talk about some things that have been going on and uh, some things to look out for. So um, there wasn't an episode last week, and I do apologize for that. I was in Lake Fork, Texas, fishing a fishing tournament. Never done that before. Pretty cool and exciting. Um, learned a lot of things. Some of the things I learned there, I've never actually drop shotted for bass before. And, uh, turns out any of the big fish that were actually caught in that tournament were actually caught by drop shotting. Uh, it's pretty interesting. I mean, I've never caught a deep water bass like that. And when I say deep water, I mean, um, like... 20 25 feet which is you know fairly deep for a bass fisherman so that was kind of uh something new that i'd never experienced before um and and the temps were kind of higher and you know the water was pretty warm so these fish were staying cooler and going a lot deeper than uh, you'd normally fish um the lake was low it was like six feet low from its normal lake level um, I guess they had to drain it to do some work on a dam. And uh, so now it's just, you know, waiting on rain to fill it back up. And as we know, Texas has kind of been in a drought. So kind of an interesting dynamic that turned into some things that, one, a lot of people hadn't encountered. There was a lot of people I talked to that didn't even catch a fish all weekend. I mean, talk about, you know, devastating. And, 
um, I fished with my dad and he had a few fish in the boat and um, the, the way it works on Lake Fork, they call it a slot lake. So in order to preserve the species and actually have a, you know, healthy trophy population of fish on this lake, uh, you're not allowed to keep anything over 16 inches or under 24 inches. So that means anything, you know, 15 and a half, 15 and three quarters, something like that, you're able to keep that fish if you were actually going to keep it. I mean, most fishermen, most anglers actually don't keep, you know, a largemouth bass, but if they wanted to, they could keep one as long as it was under 16 inches. And uh, also if it was over 24 inches, which most people, if they're catching a fish that big, they're definitely going to release it and get a replica made these days, you know, with taking pictures and measurements and things like that. You can have a replica of that fish made and it looks almost identical to the actual thing you caught, which is pretty cool. But, um, so it's a slot lake. So anything that falls in that slot, you can't weigh it in because it doesn't fall within the regulations of that lake. So my dad caught a couple fish, you know, and so anything under 16 inches that you catch, you can weigh it in. And a lot of people were weighing in small fish. In fact, there wasn't actually even that many big fish over 24 inches that were checked in. I think uh, the fish that won the tournament at the time was actually like a 10-pound, 3-ounce, uh, over 24-inch largemouth, which, I mean, that's an amazing fish. But for a tournament, especially on a lake like Lake Fork, that's not actually that big of a fish. Um, so it kind of goes and, you know, shows testament of how tough the conditions actually were, but needless to say, that fish was actually caught on a drop shot rig. So it goes to show you that sometimes learning some techniques that you normally wouldn't apply end up going towards that. So we were fishing mostly, you know, with the Texas rigged worms and I'm not talking like little worms either. These are big, you know, 12 inch long worms, um, typically not anything and what's crazy is those fish that were you know two pound fish that were under 16 inches were smacking them um but we were doing that technique and now you're using you know like a three quarter inch you know cone sinker on uh on your line for the texas rig and uh so my dad caught two fish the first day they were all um in the slot i think uh he caught one that was like 18 inches or something like that. And it was actually probably like a, you know, three and a half, four pound fish, but nonetheless, you can't weigh it. So it was a useless fish in the tournament sense. Um, and I didn't actually catch anything the first two days. And then I started utilizing a jointed Rapala first thing in the morning, some top water stuff. And uh, Lake Fork is just filled with trees. It's basically like a giant valley that had trees and the Corps of Engineers actually flooded that valley and turned it into a lake. So it's basically a forest underneath there of cedar trees and different pecan trees and things like that. So a lot of cover um, and very just, I mean, plan on getting snagged, use everything weedless that you can possibly use because conditions are just prime for if any type of crankbait or rattle trap or I mean, just anything like that, you know, you're going to lose some a serious significant amount of tackle but uh so caught actually sunday last day of the tournament uh ended up catching one that was i believe 17 inches or something like that so just over the slot um and probably like a two and a half pound fish which that would have taken anything that was like under 16 inches and around two two and a half pounds you're 
if it's a you know a t-shirt hour which was like a bonus thing it doubles your money uh you would have walked away with five grand so i mean it's pretty discouraging but that was you know the first fish in in three days that i caught which was kind of cool but it's still at the same time pretty disheartening and then uh later on in the afternoon i switched over to a carolina rig with a three-quarter ounce sinker on that carolina rig and uh, just working it on the bottom super slow and just giving a little flick, a snap, almost to the point where like I had a hard time paying attention to what I was doing because I was taking so long to do it. And uh, that's the finesse that it took to land another fish. And I ended up getting one 16 and like a quarter inches, another two pound fish. So just just over again, right in that slot to where it couldn't couldn't be weighed. And a lot of people were having that. Like if they did catch a fish, it was in that slot. So, I mean, tough fishing conditions and uh, learned a lot. And I still didn't drop shot that entire tournament. And then once I found that out, I was like, man, that's that's definitely a technique I need to try. So that's one of the things I think I'm going to start working on. It's just even around here by me. I mean, you always see fish deeper water. It's just most of the time, this time of year, I'm not really bass fishing if they're deeper water, you know, like a late summer. And uh, now they're kind of moving more towards like edges and shallows and things like that. So, you know, it's not something I'll be able to do, but in the future, I'm definitely going to try and work on drop shotting a little more and trying to figure out, you know, what really works for drop shotting and and, uh, catching fish, because it seems that that was the one thing that uh, caught any of the big fish. So that's something I'm going to learn and that's my takeaway. And I just kind of wanted to share that with everybody. Um, The other thing I really want to talk about uh, is publicly challenged now has a store with merchandise and that store is live. There's new products being added pretty much weekly. Um, as I come up with new ideas or designs and it's just some funny stuff that I've come up with and had a, uh, graphic designer design a bunch of these different designs for t-shirts and stuff like that. And it's, uh, something that I think is fun and really cool and kind of a way I can share, you know, the podcast with the listeners and, and, uh, you know, other people as well. So I encourage you to go on publiclychallenge.com, check that out, peruse through the store. Hopefully there's something you see and you like, and it's a great way to support me and the podcast so I can continue to grow and put out episodes and provide content. Um, because as we know, nothing really ends up, uh, being, free and it always costs you know money to for all these production costs and stuff so it was kind of a way i came up with to to supplement this podcast and and keep it going and growing was to have the store merchandise and hopefully sell that merchandise and be able to continue to reinvest into the podcast and uh, produce quality content so if that's something you're interested in please i encourage you to go and check that out the other thing is uh me and a few friends have kind of talked and came together and devised some hunting products and they are 3d printed hunting products so conceptualized designed and manufactured right here in the united states um and i think they're pretty cool i mean maybe that's just me and my bias but um i wanted a way that i could hang my sticks on my pack. I hunt with a full frame pack and be able to either one, leave the sticks on the pack like that and walk into the woods or be able to take them off and hang them on my pack. And as I climb, just reach back and pull them off. So 
Um, two things. One, saddle hunting platform that everybody that listens to this podcast knows that I saddle hunt now. Um, but saddle platforms devised and developed a clip for the Predator XL platform, the Predator platform, and uh, I believe it works on the Cruiser. I have to test that for sure, but I have checked over specs, and it should uh, clamp onto there, and it also will go on a trophy line platform as well. And it's a clip that basically you undo two bolts, and it's two halves. You put the two halves on your platform and you put the bolts back in and it uses clamping force and it holds itself onto uh, the platform and then now you have a clip on that platform that stays on the platform rather than hanging it on your saddle and having a clip on your saddle or something like that um, you're able to put it on your pack and now that you have that on your pack you can have it in a position to where when you climb the tree you don't have to reach back you don't have to finagle with anything it's basically like uh, a clip that would be on like a pen or something like that, but sturdy and robust enough to where it can stay on there and be able to be utilized however you see it fit, whether it's molly webbing, a strap on your pack, a kidney belt, waist belt. You can actually put it in your saddle if you wanted to on any of your molly loops or straps or anything like that, and it's secure enough so you can climb and jostle it around and you won't lose it. But you can utilize it, get up in the tree, grab it, and it's right there when you need it. And the same thing with your sticks. And I've tested it last season, and it worked rather well. And I'm going to continue to use it this season. And as I use it, I will be taking more pictures of it and getting it out there to you. So hopefully you can see it. And if you don't saddle hunt or use climbing sticks, tell a friend. Um, you know, let them know that this product's out there and that it, you know, it, it's a cool product and it works. And, uh, you know, if, if you're interested in it, go on the website, publiclychallenge.com and check it out for yourself. And, uh, that's it for today's episode. Just wanted to get those few things out there so people could one, maybe learn from it or two, you know, support the podcast and, uh, maybe pick up some hunting gear that you can definitely utilize. So, uh, thanks for, uh, tuning in and listening. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish this is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here from the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters enjoy the best fishing panama city beach has to offer during chasing the sun sundays at 9 30 a.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment